Welcome back, everyone. This week is going to be a fun episode. We just finished talking about the rich history of first base for the Atlanta Braves. And this week we're going to be talking about areas that the Braves can improve on at the trade deadline. I always love doing episodes like this. This year we're going to break it up in between what the Braves need and who they can go after. Because that way we don't have a two hour long episode and you can listen to it on your way to work or whatever. And not have to listen to it four different times to get the whole amount of material. With that, let's get started. It's been a fun stretch to the Braves so far. Hope you've been enjoying it as much as I have. Alright, welcome back. Shameless plug here. Don't forget to go onto Apple or wherever you get your podcast and leave that five-star review. It helps the show get out there to people that may not know about it. Also, right now is the voting for Best of Bay. Last year, I came in the top three. The show did, rather. And I would really appreciate it if you could go on to Best of Bay 2022 and vote for me again. Thank you so much. You can find that anywhere. Uh, on any of my socials on Facebook. I'll also put it in the show notes as well to make it easier to find. That way you can vote every single day. And that would be great if I made it. If I won this year, that would be so cool. And it really would be a testament to you guys of, of all your support. And I really, really do appreciate it. So this week I'm going to talk about the holes that the Braves can improve on. And what's interesting this year is that the Braves roster on paper is so good that you're not really going to be filling any holes. You're really just going to be upgrading in areas that can be upgraded. That can make things really difficult, but it's a good problem to have. Whereas, you know, back in 2014, 15, 16, where the Braves weren't really competing anyways, it was easy as a fan to just sit back and be like, oh yeah, they need a third baseman, or oh yeah, they definitely, definitely need bullpen help. Or, yeah, they, they need a right fielder for sure. Or, you know, obviously, yeah, B.J. Upton isn't cutting it. We could, de- I know that he has a large contract, but we got to either get rid of that contract or bring in someone new. You know, it was really, really simple when the Braves are not doing that well. Now that the Braves are excelling, especially with this June where it seems that the Braves are really meshing and, and, and firing on all cylinders, it does make it a little bit harder to pinpoint exactly where the Braves can upgrade. And we're going to attempt to do that today because there are areas that can upgrade. And this is not to say that any of these positions that I'm pointing out, I'm trashing those players. I mean, by my goodness, if you win this many games in June and you started off July hot, I mean, it's a good thing. But we're trying to win another World Series here and other teams are upgrading as well. It's not, hey, the Braves won the World Series last year. They're obviously the best team. Don't change what need that doesn't need to be changed because they won the World Series. Well, the the reality is is that the roster is extremely different this year than it was last year. And on top of that, competing teams' rosters are much different than they were last year. Just look at the Mets. They completely revamped that team. Added free agents like crazy. You look at the Astros. Justin Verlander is back and is having one of the best seasons of his career. You know, it's... Teams that the Braves will be facing in the playoffs, 
could potentially be way better than than they were last year. Or even teams within the division, we saw the Phillies win 19 games in June. The Phillies aren't messing around. Yeah, their defense is terrible. But the point is, is that they've upgraded. The Mets have upgraded. The Astros are better. The Dodgers are better. Teams are better. So if the Braves, although they're better on paper this year, they also need to, if they can, get better at the trade deadline to raise their odds of being successful for the rest of the regular season and for the postseason. And since we're talking about that, I would like to point out this is really interesting, and I'm glad they're doing it. I, you've heard me talk about fan graphs and their playoff odds. Interestingly enough, this year, the Braves have a lower chance than the Mets currently to win the division. And what this means is based on the current roster, the current amount of wins that they have, not that they've been on a streak, it's purely looking at the odds based on how many games they have left, strength of schedule, things like that. The Braves have a slightly lower chance to win the division than the Mets. However, they have a higher chance to win the World Series. And what this shows, and has been proven throughout history, especially recently, and we know this as Braves fans, is it's completely different to be set up for regular season success than it is for postseason success. And what I mean by this is just think about it. As a Braves fan, if you've been alive long enough, you saw that the Braves won 14 division titles in a row, but only one World Series. Why is that? It's because they were set up for regular season success. They were not necessarily set up for postseason success, as well as Bobby Cox, great regular season manager, obviously not the best postseason manager. But we've seen with the Nationals when they won in 2019, not the best regular season, but they were obviously set up for postseason with the rotation and stuff like that. And so the Braves front office needs to have that in mind when they are setting up for the rest of the season at this trade deadline. The biggest difference between regular season and postseason is that in the regular season, you need depth to be successful because people are going to get hurt throughout the regular season. It's just part of it. You could have the best bullpen in the league, which the Braves currently do, but you've seen already big-name guys falling like flies. Kenley Jansen on the I.L. for 15 days at a minimum. Tyler Matzik went down. Colin McHugh went down for COVID. I mean, guys get hurt. And you have to have depth to be successful. Fortunately for the Braves, they have had depth in the bullpen. Uh, Not on the lower end of the bullpen. As you can see, they've been scrounging for guys there. But the high leverage guys, they've had depth, which is good, which has really, really helped them. You could lose a big arm. I mean, we saw that happen with the Padres last year. The Padres were primed to have a really good season, but they lost Mike Clevenger right after they traded for him. A few of their other guys went on some stints throughout the year, and they were not strong depth-wise to handle that, and they ended up not doing anywhere near as well as we thought they would, and then this year, they're doing just fine, even with missing Fernando Tatis Jr. What you need in the postseason is obviously you want your best guys healthy, that's pretty obvious, but you want role players, like we saw with the Atlanta Braves last year they brought up guys like Terrence Gore 
who is widely regarded as one of the best pinch hitters in Major League Baseball. Of course, you've seen he typically only plays in the postseason. Why is that? Because you need role players in the postseason. you got to make moves like that. Braves have someone like that in Phil Gosselin this year. We'll see if they use him in the postseason. They're not necessarily guys you want to make big splashy moves for, but they are guys that you can pick up and stash in the minors for the postseason. Little things like that pay huge dividends. And so be looking for stuff like that. You also don't need five rotation arms for the postseason, but you do need them for the regular season. There's little things like that. Do you remember that Julio Tehran didn't even make the postseason when he was on the Braves, right? And he played a big part in the regular season because he was struggling at the end. They did not bring him. We saw Richard Rodriguez, who the Braves traded for, at the trade deadline, who obviously was using sticky stuff, he ended up not making, I believe it was the World Series roster. I mean, you have to make decisions like that. And to be able to do that, you have to set yourself up for success in the offseason and the trade deadline. Because you have to have those people on your 40-man or your 26-man to be able to make those decisions. So with that in mind, let's look at not the players the Braves could use, but the positions that the Braves could use. So before we do that, let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll jump into it. This week's episode is brought to you by Morning Shift Media, the newest sports media outlet bringing you everything you need to know about the great game of baseball. Morning Shift Media is a group of writers, personalities, and passionate baseball fans scattered all over the map. You might even recognize some of them from Twitter as some of the main Twitter influencers in MLB Twitter. You can find them on MorningShiftMedia.com or on Twitter or on Facebook. Clock in early, stay up late, welcome to the Morning Shift. Alright, welcome back. Let's talk about the areas that the Braves can improve on. Let's start off by knocking out the ones we know they don't need to. The pretty most obvious one, shortstop. Come on. Danzy Swanson is by far having his best season, and it's not even close. Right now, at the time of this recording, he has 3.3 wins above replacement with a slash line of 300 batting average, 360 OBP, and a 505 slugging percentage, which is a 134 OPS plus. His career OPS plus, 94. He's killing it this year. This is by far his best year, and it's not even close. And before he got taken out of the game the other night, that was the first inning he missed all season. So he's doing just fine. No need to upgrade Dansby Swanson. One thing I did want to point out since we're talking about him that's really interesting is that the month of June has always been his best month. So does that mean he's going to regress a little bit? I mean, probably. He's been killing it, and he's never done this well. So we do expect him to regress a little bit, but he's still, even if he regresses a little bit, he's still going to be fantastic. But let's look at his June for his career and his June this year, and I just want to show you how how much better this year it was than in his in the past. For his career, like we know that his total OPS plus is 94, which is 6% below league average. For his career, the month of June, 
He has had a 119 OPS plus, which means he does better than 19% of the league in the month of June for his career. This year, though, has been a completely different story in a good way. This June, he batted a 162 OPS plus. That's right, 62% above league average in the month of June. He absolutely killed it in the month of June. He did really well in May this year, too, with a 137 OPS plus in the month of May, which is, again, obviously better than his career if his best month is June, at, which is 119. So Dan Swanson is doing just fine. So we're good at the shortstop position. I think it's also safe to say without mentioning much about Matt Olsen and his league-leading doubles. In fact, fun stat of the day, he just hit his, at the time of this recording, 30th double before the All-Star break breaking the Atlanta Braves franchise record, and we still have a few weeks until the All-Star break. So he's going to continue to break that record even further, which is kind of exciting to see. I know he's not hitting home runs like people were hoping, but he's hitting doubles like crazy. His OPS is rising. He's doing just fine. And also, it is interesting to point out that the SDI rankings just came out, right? We've talked about that in the past, the Sabre Defensive Index. He's actually doing better defensively than you think. you got to remember that... When you are watching a player, and you're like, let's say you're a Braves fan, right? Odds are you're not watching every play of every game across the entire Major League Baseball. So there's no way you can truly look at one player and say he's bad defensively or good defensively without looking at how well they are against the rest of the league for their position. And Matt Olson's actually doing decent. Overall, in the National League, he has been the fourth best defensive first baseman. And just for what it's worth, since we always like to compare Matt Olson to Freddie Freeman, he is doing better than Freddie. Freddie's ranked 8th among qualified first basemen in the National League. First place, if you're wondering, is Christian Walker of the Diamondbacks, who is absolutely killing it. It's Christian Walker and everybody else. So, he's killing it at first base defensively. Second place is Frank Schwindel of the Cubs. Third place is C.J. Cron of Colorado, which is really interesting because the C.J. Cron, the way he plays, doesn't look that pretty as far as defensive plays go, but he's doing just fine this year. But needless to say, the Braves are not going to be looking for a starting first baseman, right? And really, they don't really need to be looking for a backup first baseman either because if we're being honest here, Matt Olson's going to be starting as much as they can, and they can just really throw in anyone at first base if it's just a break here and there. The Braves are pretty set at starting first baseman with Ozzie Albies having the best contract in baseball, and then Orlando Arcia has stepped up just fine, as we have seen, which has been great to see because Orlando Arcia, it was always a question mark for me. Why did they keep Arcia as the backup versus someone else like a-Ray or someone like that, like, why did you choose Arcia? I wasn't too sure. I wasn't against the move of keeping Arcia. I was just curious, you know, like, what, what was the deciding factor? Because, you know, the bench players last year were very on par with each other, and it would have been a hard decision for me to pick which one to keep. And obviously, they saw something I didn't, and Arcia has been the man. I mean, he's hitting way better this year. And he's doing just fine defensively, but he's hitting way better this year than he has for his career. Small sample size, but it's been fantastic. Arcia has been in the league for seven years now, 
and he's only accumulated 2.3 wins above replacement. But this year already, with only 102 at-bats or 31 games played, whichever you like to use to measure, he already has 0.2 wins above replacement. And for his career, offensively, he has hit a 73 OPS+, plus, which is 27% below league average. This year, he is above league average in an offensive down year across the league at 103 OPS+. plus. So it's been a nice surprise that Arcia has been doing as well as he has. So obviously, the Braves don't really need a primary second baseman. Ozzie Albies will be back eventually, and they have Orlando Arcia that can fill in just fine. So second base is not an area of concern. And then obviously, third base, Austin Riley has been struggling and compared to last year, right? Like, he's still the man. He's doing just fine. But he's, you know, not MVP caliber this year, but he still is doing just fine. He's got 2.1 wins above replacement already. He's hitting a 127 OPS+. Plus. Just for reference, last year he finished the year with a 133 OPS+. Plus. So offensively, he's not doing quite as well as he did last year. Although we do know last year was his breakout year. In, in 2019-2020, he was well below average. But he's you know 6% below what he was last year offensively. And just for what it's worth, can we just talk about how annoying it is that he came in 7th place for MVP last year? Should have been a top 5 guy easily. But either way, 127 OPS plus this year. The one thing that is kind of concerning is that his defense is down this year, right? Using the Sabre defensive index, there's only been three qualified third basemen in the National League that have been worse than him defensively. Alec Baum, Eduardo Escobar, and Mikel Franco, which we knew that about Alec Baum already. He should be a first baseman, not a third baseman. Eduardo Escobar is getting old, and Mikel Franco is ancient. So, uh, yeah, it's not looking good defensively, but that's cool. We already know that the Braves are set at third base, and they're not planning on moving Austin Riley from that position anytime soon. So we can move on to the outfield, and we already know that the Braves are set with Ronald Acuna and Michael Harris are pretty obvious here, right? And then Adam Duvall is on the roster. Eddie Rosario is, is coming back. We've got Marcelo Zuna in the mix. So last year, the outfield was a weakness. This year, outfield is a strength now Ozuna is not hitting like we were hoping he was but the depth is there right the outfield depth is strong so Michael Harris is pretty set at center field right unless something really terrible happens Ronald Acuna he gets hurt a lot but when he's healthy he's set in his position really the main question is are the Braves going to stick with a platoon of Eddie Rosario and Adam Duvall that could be effective. And then switch in Marcelo Zuna as the DH and just switch people around based on if they're facing a right-handed hitter or a left-handed hitter. The depth is there. But what I propose is that if the Braves can make a splash and they really want to take it to the next level, they can work a deal to somehow either get rid of Ozuna's contract in, with a bad team or a team that wants to that can take on the contract to get rid of one of their players, that could happen. But ideally, what I'd love to see is to see the Braves pull in an all-star level outfielder 
and then just not even worry about it. Have, you know, Eddie Rosario is still going to be around for two years. Adam Duvall, yeah, sure, he's sixth in all-star voting, but he's having one of the worst years of his career. He's just fine defensively, but offensively, terrible. We knew, you know, looking back, at least I did, and I was preaching it to you guys that, yes, Adam Duvall led the league in RBI, but if you look at everything else, things are not looking good offensively for him, but he was one of the best defenders in Major League Baseball. So he's worth a roster spot, but is he worth a starting spot on a World Series chasing team? Not really. Could he be a platoon guy? Yes, he could. But the Braves are fine in depth, but one area that they can really just upgrade on fairly easily, because like I said, this is a really solid roster, so we're looking for spots that you can upgrade left field is one of them we don't know how well eddie rosario is going to be when he comes back we know that a lot of his failures were due to that messed up eye we know that he's been good enough to have all-star votes and mvp votes right in the past we know how well he did in the postseason we don't know how he's going to be when he comes back adam duvall is easily upgradable we're just being honest as much as i love him i'm a fan of adam duvall but statistically easily upgradable across the board Just to put your mind at ease, let's look at his numbers real quick, just so I can tell you what I'm talking about. So far, he has negative 0.4 wins above replacement. So his defense is obviously not outweighing his offense. He's below replacement level. Sure, he has 10 home runs. That's about it. His batting average is 205. His OBP is 270. That is terrible. His slugging percentage is even worse, right? His slugging percentage is 376, which is well below his 464 career average. Now, we know that since he moved away from center field, it can be argued that he hasn't had to focus playing center field, and he has been doing better as of late. That is true. But, as you can see, easily upgradable. Even if you look at his career numbers, right? He has a 75 OPS plus this year, 25% below league average. Even if we look at his entire career, yeah, he has power, but that's it. Because his OPS plus, if you look at everything involved, is a 96 for his career. It's not like you're taking out this all-star level talent offensively, right? Easily upgradable if Adam Duvall is your starting left fielder. And then even if you look at the platoon, platoons are awesome. But if you have that luxury, which the Braves do... Eddie Rosario does great against righties, but not good against lefties. Adam Duvall does historically decent against lefties, but terrible against righties. What if you just bring in a guy that's all-star level talent all the time? You know, sure, and then once you get to the postseason, you have a defensive replacement in Adam Duvall. You've got a DA, another DH option in Eddie Rosario to rotate in and out with Marcelo Zuna. Ozuna, yeah, he's got a terrible contract, but if you're trying to win a World Series, you don't have to play Ozuna in the postseason. You don't have to play him in the regular season, even though you're paying him a bunch of money. The Braves are trying to win games here. They're not trying to cater to someone who has a large contract. So, easy to upgrade left field. Left field is a super easy spot to upgrade, so the Braves could be looking for a left-handed bat that can hit righties real well, 
someone like an Andrew Benintendi or someone like that. I'm not going to give out who I think the Braves should trade for right now. Just giving an example. Left-handed bat in that left field, easy upgrade. Next, I propose bringing in another bullpen arm. Because as we've seen, the Braves bullpen has been fantastic. But guys keep getting injured, which is to be expected. Kinley Jansen, Tyler Matzik, Colin McHugh, and guys are going to get injured in the future. So bringing in more bullpen help will not only give you depth for the regular season, but it will give you options when you choose which bullpen arms are going to be on your postseason rosters to face specific hitters, which is key to success. That's something that Bobby Cox failed at, is picking the right relief pitchers for the right series in the postseason. That's one thing that Brian Snicker actually excels at, which is great. I don't know if that's him personally or using his team, but that's one thing they excelled at last year. So if you can bring in more bullpen arms for specific matchups, it's a chess match in the postseason, right? The more bullpen arms that are above average, like I said, the top tier guys on the Braves bullpen are fantastic, but as you see the bottom tier guys, they're going in and out, swapping in and out due to injuries, due to underperformance and things like that. I mean, the guy they just picked up has barely pitched, you know, with a over four earned run average for his career, things like that. I mean, the Braves have areas to upgrade in the bullpen. I highly suggest the Braves looking at the bullpen. Finally, another rotation arm. Now, this depends on which route they want to take because they do have Kyle Wright and Max Fried, who are obviously good enough for the postseason top-tier guys, although we don't know with Kyle Wright pitching a full season how he will perform late, right? We don't know how Mike Soroka is going to be when he comes back. Charlie Morton has been struggling. So you can take a route of getting a cheaper guy that just will eat innings for the regular season. Not necessarily eat innings good enough to where you'll win games, but like a number four, number five guy for for the regular season. Spencer Strider seems to be doing well, but if you can bring in, you know, like a, a number four, number five tier guy for the regular season, that'll help the Braves win games in the regular season. Or you can make a big splash for the postseason to be like a guy that's going to be a top three guy for the postseason. Really depends on what route they want to take. Either way, they need to upgrade the rotation. Charlie Morton is struggling. Don't know how well Kyle Wright's going to do down the stretch. We don't know how well Mike Soroka's going to do when he comes back. But ultimately, the big one is Ian Anderson is falling off a cliff fast, right? Let's just look at his peripherals, okay? They've been bad all season long. Currently, well, let's look at his overall. He's got a 531 ERA, right? His expected ERA is lower at 410, but it still is not good. He has not been pitching well. All right, and let's look at his peripherals. His average hard hit percentage, bottom 25% of the league. His expected weighted on base average, bottom 41% of the league. Expected ERA, bottom 41%. Expected batting average against, bottom 41%. Strikeout percentage, bottom 29%. Walk rate, bottom 16%. He's not striking people out. He's walking too many, and they're hitting the ball hard against him. That says that things are not going to be good. If you look at his past 100 plate appearances, his expected weighting batting average against is trending up, meaning hitters are hitting him better as it's trending up. 
If you look at his past 250 plate appearances, it's the same way. It, everything is trending up, trending up, trending up. He's getting worse and worse and worse, right? This is not, obviously it's not good. I mean, 2020, he looked fantastic. His peripherals looked great. But ever since then, they've slowly gotten worse and worse. Right, last year he got a little lucky too. His ERA was a 3.58, but his expected ERA was a 4.27. Where this year, it's catching up to him. You know, there are pitchers that traditionally outperform their peripherals, like Julio Tehran was one of them, pretty much for his whole career with the Braves until the last season. Ian Anderson, his numbers are starting to catch up to his peripherals. The Braves can use another starter, and they need one bad if they want to solidify their chances as a legitimate World Series contender, not only by ensuring that they win their division in the regular season with depth, but also if they could get a top three guy, which Ian Anderson was they were hoping would be because he does well in the postseason or has so far, and he's not doing well this year. If they can get a guy that can fill that number three type rotation piece for them that'll go a long way not only the regular season but the postseason as well all right that's this week's episode thank you so much for listening in don't forget to go vote for the show for best of bay i'll put the link in the show notes and if you want to reach the show don't forget that you can find the show on twitter at braves dugout pod you can find my personal twitter at s people sports we have a facebook page facebook group and you can email the show for business inquiries at bravesdugout.com. It's a little bit after the fact, but happy 4th of July. And don't forget that freedom is not free. We will see you next week. And as always, go Braves. <laughs>